Welcome back to the Spinner Rack here at the Marvel New Universe Comics Podcast. Uh, here we are your hosts, Andy. I'll be covering Justice number six and... Steven, I'll be covering DP7 number six. I feel like we've been pretty good at not having long pauses for, between our names, but we were slipping a little on that one. <laughs> at first it was always like, I'm so-and-so, and then... Oh, wait, yeah, and I'm so-and-so, the other guy. What's the hardest thing to do? Remember your name. <laughs> Ouch. You, you go from full script now. No more of this Marvel style, sketch it out. And uh, anyway. Anyway. So, yeah, we're talking about the new universe. Uh, new universe was a self-contained universe and imprint from Marvel Comics. Uh, started by Jim Shooter and others in 1986 with the launch of eight new ongoing titles to celebrate Marvel's 25th anniversary. It was intended to be more realistic without magic, aliens, or secret histories. And us, Stephen and Andy, are two chemists and comic book readers who are reading through the new universe two books a week in the order they were released, uh, describing them and commenting as we go. We'll also give the advertising copy from Marvel Age Magazine 48, in this case. Uh, back in 1986, this was all we had. Uh, we also have a wonderful website, kickersinc.com, where you can see things including our super sleuth sweepstakes for the Summer Spectacular. Uh, try to combo my alliteration there. Uh, <laughs> where answer some questions about the new universe. Uh, New people are welcome and uh, win yourself some free comic books. Uh, there's a cool Facebook fan page, Marvel Comics New Universe fans you should check out. And on Twitter, we are at Kickers Inc. I looked at it the other day. I was impressed. There was good posts there. I, uh, I, I try to uh, warm up the crowd for the week's coming podcast. So uh... Yeah, so if you follow that, get some nice little sneak previews, some cool panels. Um, so yeah, so this week I'll be talking about Justice. Uh, Justice is an alien knight exiled to Earth by his enemies. With no way to return to his home dimension, he meets out Justice to evildoers everywhere. Uh, this week, designer drug manufacturers. The police can't jail them, the courts can't stop them, but no one is immune from Justice. Written and penciled by Jeff Isherwood. Uh, I believe that's actually going to be probably issue seven, though, so... It, yeah, that looks uh, like it might be the next uh, thing coming up. And this week, I'll be covering DP7. DP7 focuses on a group of seven paranormals on the run from a sinister medical facility created to deal with the booming paranormal population. This week, will DP7 do to themselves what the clinic cannot? Unless DP7 can resolve their differences with themselves, DP7 will be no more. Plus, introducing the Sweatshop, the meanest bunch of guys in the new universe, in a story called Split Up. I think that's probably also issue seven. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's not not this issue. If you know what I mean. Well, yeah, to be determined, well, maybe. We did not get a name for the Sweatshop, so we'll see. And yeah. that's not the title of this week's story. So, yeah. But they did are splitting up. 
and unless they can resolve their differences. <laughs> and there's I probably start, some sweating involved. I, I was referring to them as DP six plus one last uh, last time, and I think we'll be down to DP three plus three plus one. Yeah. Well, you're you're spoiling the book, man. So, ah, sorry. <laughs> anyway. Just pay no mind. The DP seven are a har- harmonious group of paranormals who always get along and will stay together forever. It's just like every other comic book superhero team. No, <laughs> nothing can tear them apart. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So let's. You ready to talk some justice? All right. All right. So um, when I picked up the issue of Justice, uh, the cover has him, has Tenson on the cover in his classic outfit, uh, looking sort of sad and holding in his arms a a little blonde girl in a dress uh, who looks either passed out or dead. (laughs) Uh, So a somber cover, but well drawn. Uh, There's a knife on the ground, a stain that's brown, but it's probably supposed to be blood. bullet casings, you know, nothing, nothing pleasant here, uh, though it's well drawn uh, by Isherwood. Uh, the title is When Innocence Dies, uh, which immediately made me think of our last episode where my innocent feeling that the new universe was always going to be great died when reading Merck, but <laughs> <laughs> it also fits with the story, so. Oh, I... We've, we've uh, all grown up a little bit. After. <laughs> uh, but no spoilers, this book is good. <laughs> yeah, so that's our cover. Uh, it actually opens uh, not to the splash page, uh, but introduces uh, the little girl, Sarah. And this like, heartbreaking panel where she's rubbing a tear from her eye. Um, She's in Alphabet City, right? So our uh, Lower East Side. Uh, we're in December 18, uh, 1986. So this still takes place in December. Um, <clears throat> and basically, she's out alone on the street. Later on, we find that maybe her family's home burned down and lost her parents. So she's kind of out on her own uh, in the world uh, looking for her dad. Uh, it's not the homeless guy. Um, yeah. that, that sets the stage a little bit. Um, our title page then is next with Justice in Sarah, right? So that's our girl. Uh, we got Jeff Isherwood doing story and pencils, which you mentioned you were excited about. <laughs> I mean, I always like root for an artist, you know, writer artist, you know, a guy doing it sort of on his own and uh yeah, this uh, I hadn't seen Isherwood's uh, writing anywhere else, but um, we'll see. He's he's not bad. He's doing it all on his own. Yeah, yeah. It's always nice, like that single creator vision. Even if we don't get it for a huge long run, uh, is uh, is usually pretty good, right? I mean, it's either going to be all good or all bad, I guess. But in this case, I would say all good for sure. Uh, as far as things go, but his 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 opening splash page with the title and the credits is fantastic. Uh, it evokes, I guess, the last Avengers movie where Thor was kind of like a lazing about on his couch kind of guy. Uh, though while Thor was more uh, 
energetic and kind of, you know, more like a bum Lebowski kind of character. Uh, Justice is just a sad guy on a chair. Uh, so he's back with Arnie, the cab driver who drove him all the way from New York to L.A., uh, almost got killed, uh, but apparently is uh, kind of created a bond with him. Uh, but it's a great page. Um, he doesn't talk about sharing his aura with Arnie. So <laughs> <laughs> No, just purely platonic <laughs> apartment sharing. <laughs> yeah, Arnie took him uh, from New York to L.A. to Baja, California. Baja, Mexico. Yeah. Now is back in a New York City sharing apartment. Right. And they ditched him and said it was because he didn't know Spanish. (laughs) Every every month we're like, is this the last we'll see of Arnie? I I thought for sure he was just going to be gone, but no, he sticks around. So I'm happy about that too, especially if we've sort of changed writers a time or two. You know, you could forget about a character, but um, so this is actually yeah it, it. I mean, it fits the continuity, which is another interesting. Um, yeah. Sometimes, like a guy will like, oh, I'll just you know, put together a, uh, you know, a quick issue that you can fit in anywhere, and uh, this is not that. Yeah. Yeah. Not a fill in. Yeah. So I mean, might be worthy of a recap since we've been talking about things so much, but uh justice appears on earth immediately starts killing drug dealers and bad guys which he can detect from his aura he basically kills his way up the chain uh until um the bosses start mentioning uh conquest right so uh he arnie is the one who kind of drove him to la to follow up on conquest he picks up uh, becky chambers along the way who arrested him but then kind of like fell in with his personal mission to stop this guy. Um, Conquest is from the same alien dimension slash planet that Justice is from. Um, then also when when confronted, we found that the Conquest and his father's evil powers can also accidentally sort of shift Justice back to his home dimension. Um, and then we lost love interest Becky Chambers to that so conquest gets away dad conquest monster gets away um the girlfriend is gone he doesn't he has no way to get back and thus sat on the couch with a bag of doritos (laughs) yeah he is really like he's still wearing his his uniform slash costume but yeah he has a like he hasn't shaved i guess that's yeah we got some stubble Doritos, crumbs on the floor, there's like, you know, food containers around, uh, Playboy magazines. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's a scene of sadness. Doritos are apparently the food that you have when you're down and out. We're just not feeling well, which is too bad because Doritos are tasty. <laughs> um, yeah, but- it's you, you see this, the uh, product placement in the new universe sometimes it's always makes a he chuckle. Yeah. Ooh, with Triscuits. Oh, <laughs> the real world. Yeah. It is always kind of nice, right? They don't have, it's not like JoJo soda or something like that. You know? <laughs> but anyway, Justice is watching TV and, and there's talk of like a bombing in France, um, but he doesn't really care. <laughs> He's just zoning out. Um, Arnie yeah, autism. Like in, in some of the, like star brand i guess they'll 
talk about, oh, there's a terrorist uh, activity somewhere. And it's like, is this a chance to spring into action? And Justice is just like, uh, uh, I wasn't really listening. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't even want a beer, right? So Ernie's like, you want a beer? I'm not thirsty. And he turns off the television as it's talking about a fire uh, and how a small girl is missing. So he's, you know, he's not paying attention. He's not. Uh, so yeah, I like that. That's kind of a nice play on, you know, our our characters get information and then kind of act based on the news and the things they're seeing from TV. But you know, Tenson is so down and out. He just doesn't really care. <laughs> so doesn't even want his turkey or steak microwave dinners. So really nice in eighties. You got the double antennas on the old big CRT TV. Yeah, you've got the the microwave TV dinners. <laughs> so nice period stuff. So yeah, Arnie kind of reads him the riot act, but you know it's like it's been a month. It's been a while. Uh, he's like he doesn't care. So Justice goes kind of wandering out uh, to maybe see if there's some trace or, or way that he can figure out uh, how to get back to his home dimension. And, you know, back yeah. To- so yeah, back in New York City is where he popped out and that was perhaps involved with the white event um he is saying something about like he'll go back to that crappy tenement that he appeared in and look for clues energy tracing something something maybe he's just trying to get out away from arnie yeah my roommate's the worst man (laughs) it's making him feel bad all right. Uh, from there, we introduce uh, some some drug dealer characters. Uh, we got some excellent nicknames or you know, real names. Uh, we've got Chain, who's bald except for the hair in the shape of three sixes on his head. <laughs> Unbelievable chain. Yeah. Right. And he has a chain around his neck. Uh, Dicky, who's kind of just like an average forgettable goon. And then Zerk. Uh, who seems like he's probably the leader as far as things go. Uh, from them, we got cut back to Sarah, the young girl. Um, she's basically slept in an alley uh, in a pile of trash. Um, just again, you know, she's hoping to find her dad. Uh, maybe a little bit crazy. Um, she gets she gets run into by someone. Accosted is what I would call it. Yeah, kind of, right. With a guy with a suit and a winter coat, but a baby doll with a noose around its neck that he's hanging. <laughs> so it says, hello, little girl. I'm a Franciscan brother. Have you ever heard of the right to life? <laughs> Remember when we were talking a few weeks ago about uh, religious portrayal in the new universe? <laughs> not very flattering. This is not the that. Yeah. This is... I, I looked them up trying to see if they were like a crazy kind of sect or something like that, but it, it didn't seem that way. Just some kind of like uh, yeah, Prince... Catholic street preachers. Yeah. I, I don't know if this was a thing at the time, but yeah, it, it's lost to the mists of time now. I don't know. Maybe except for that. Yeah. But he does look kind of creepy and the girl. And, goes, yeah. It's like, is he a real, you know, whatever brother monk really? And I, I I can't tell. Nothing nothing says this is a liar or he's just kind of weird and possibly crazy. Yeah. So she goes running, screaming, and he says, "Wait, don't you want a pamphlet?" So 
Oops. Okay. <laughs> uh. yeah, that... Again, like a, a time count as this day is going by. So everything's like 628, 648. Um, yeah. And they think so. like justice is kind of ahead of it, right? So it's not like totally panel by panel chronological necessarily. Yeah, he's uh they kind of stepped back a minute and then and now they're they're past where he'd left his apartment. Yeah. Not quite. It doesn't really amount to that much, but it Yeah. It's always nice to have something kind of in the narration. So he's not um, trying to catch a plane like uh Jack and Darlene were last week. So true. <laughs> Not trying to make it to this New York Smashers game. Um, but yeah, so um, we get back with the drug dealers, and um, even amongst drug dealing goons, uh, Chain is, I guess, bottom of the barrel. Like they're worried, they don't like him. He's causing problems. You know, we got to do something about this guy. You know, go figure. Sure. He's got. Ricky is complaining that he had to go out with Chain and how like he almost started a fight or like some one of the other drug gangs that they get their stuff from the Rojas boys. By the way, he had mentioned a page before the uh, Villa Lobos boys. So I think that was the one that we'd killed in the first issue. So that gang or is still around, maybe. Yeah, well, it would make sense that there's more than a handful of them. Yeah, yeah, so. Right. Um, yeah, basically, he's a crackhead carrying drugs um, and literally bumping it, bumps into Sarah, the little lost girl, uh, and convinces her to come with him because she's hungry and he's going to give her some food. Um, he, he goes up to his, presumably his apartment, you know, uh, there's a woman staying there who's also, you know, obviously hooked on drugs. Who kind of shoves out of the way and doesn't care. Uh, this is apparently his wife, <laughs> and also the, the sister. Line oh. I ever saw. We'll get to later, but yeah, he's. We I've seen you know any number of movies with these kind of crappy drug dealers and like their female there that's obviously just there for drugs. Yeah, like. It's like the scuzziest scene imaginable. And yeah. Um, possibly yeah, it, it fits that mold. Like a, a basically, you know, otherwise attractive woman who's stuck with 666 head crackhead guy who's also, you know, the the worst of all of them, apparently. I, um, ironically, I mean, I've also always like met lots of women who date guys like this just Oh, I, you just don't know what he's really like. I, I can change him. He has <laughs> 666 on his... Anyway. And he puts crack in a peanut butter sandwich and gives it to a kid. <laughs> so... Yeah, I can't tell if the, the woman saw him do that. I don't think so, but... I, I don't get the impression that she did. So, like, the girl takes a bite and immediately it's like, I feel sick and kind of runs off. And the guy's just laughing. Uh um, but yet, apparently, the, the woman, his wife, is also Zerk's sister. So maybe exactly. that's why they're stuck keeping Chain around. <laughs> I mean, we, we've got we've got some good time confirming that this guy is the worst. 
Yeah. I mean, what's what's worse that like this is your brother-in-law or that like your brother-in-law left your sister and that he's hooked up with some you know drug addict herself. I don't know which is it certainly doesn't have any of the protectiveness the well Zerk does not have the protectiveness that Maul over in Mark Hazard Merca has, you know, to just I mean clearly that's a bad dude. <laughs> And, he, and you're a criminal. You could just off him and dump him in the river or something, right? And put your put your sister in rehab or something. I don't know. Oh my god, we're moralizing the the characters, but yeah, I don't know. They they throw in these lines and uh, you know, really, they're really brother-in-law. Okay, yeah. So anyway. basically, what the story has done a good job of fleshing out these characters, even quickly you know that they're kind of interesting right yeah, so, i've seen them in a while yeah yeah so so little sarah runs back into her alley and basically collapses um Tenson justice is you know out in you know really just looks like an abandoned broken down part of the city the same sort of area um and you know he's just looking for that little shred of hope um Basically, there's nothing out there. Um, you know, he searched for weeks and found nothing. My abilities are failing. Uh, you know, he's just kind of wandering until he actually runs into Sarah herself. Uh, so he sees her on the ground, and she looks at him and calls him daddy. So she, she had been searching for her dad all along, and she sort of hallucinated that, uh, that justice is it and, and gives him a big hug. Um, she but kind of have a, has a vision of his face being different, but is it does look different, yeah. But yeah, not like a lot different. So you're, I mean, yeah, yeah it, it stood out, but I wasn't sure if that was just the drawing or if that was intentional. I mean, that's my impression is that it's it's like half her hallucinating, but it doesn't look so different that you're like um, night and day. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess since the her hallucination, he's clean shaven. It kind of gives you a distinction, right? Mm. She starts calling him daddy, so it kind of explains that yeah. as well. And, and he doesn't he doesn't uh, tell her otherwise. Um, but yeah, so he scans her aura, which is pure, but some type of fatal evil has crept in, right? So so again, these auras are kind of interesting and almost like scientific, right? You can detect the drugs, right? So it doesn't seem mystical, like there's an evil intent of the person who gave that to you. And then that has poisoned your you know, spirit. Yeah. It's more like, you know, there's something actually physically here that's bad. I mean, we kind of wondered if like the drugs themselves were somehow an instrument of evil beyond just like creating human misery and money for the, the evil people. And oh, that's probably true, yeah. not, but... Yeah, still kind of a. Once we get into this, uh, if we follow more into the drug culture with justice, perhaps we'll get a more detailed explanation. I don't know. Yeah. So, so he he takes her back. Um, we cut to the uh, drug dealers, and and Zerk is you know basically fed up with chain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, no Sir, surprise. does this have to be an all hands meeting? Yeah. 
<laughs> Damn it, Shane. That does it. I've given you a hundred chances. I don't know why. And <laughs> is this where he says it? Just because you married my sister don't mean nothing anymore. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? It would have been interesting to see some wedding pictures from that one. <laughs> Do you still have the hair? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> anyway, a few years ago they were just a couple of young hipsters, and his hair was just like you know, ABC or something. Right, five five five. Yeah. Boy. <laughs> so yeah, so so Justice comes back to the apartment, and this time Arnie's in his. Now, Arnie does not have a couch. It's just one chair with an ottoman. <laughs> they must take turns. Oh, man. It doesn't look like he cleaned up too much either. Um, I, thought, I thought a taxi driver would be doing better in New York City this time. I mean, it's not that bad. I mean, yeah. Honest day's work. Maybe he's stuck in a crap neighborhood. Um, but yeah, so he, so he brings, Justice brings Sarah in. Arnie kind of recognizes, you know, with his superior cabbie experience uh, that her symptoms look like a drug overdose. Um, Tenson doesn't really know what that is, uh, but he knows her aura is a problem and, you know, he's not really sure what he can do about it. Right. So there's a lot of uh, in this episode is, you know, I've been trained to find evil and wipe it out. Right. Not to fix problems, not to heal people. Uh, you know, so and also his powers are a little on the fritz, so he's not really sure uh, how everything's going to work. Um, basically, and as as he has done before, um, he can kind of share an aura and, and sort of take some of the problem in, uh, and basically heals Sarah in this case. Okay, yeah. So so apparently, Justice can use his power to heal by giving some of his energy. Uh, but the, so he's sort of taking on the problem himself. Um, that is kind of interesting that Arnie or uh, was it Arnie or him that says maybe he can use his sword. <laughs> I can't just turn her into ash, Arnie. Come on, man. <laughs> solve anything. Yeah, can't I, I, I'm sure it's, can't you do something, your sword power, anything. And he says it's so unpredictable. But yeah, it's great that he can do that. Uh, it's, uh, you know, what I kind of hoped that Starbrand would be able to do too. I don't know if that's uh, reasonable or not, but like to be able to heal as well as destroy is, uh, that, that really sets you on another level. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Starbrand explodes and flies, super strange. But if you're overdosing on something, do you think Ken's going to be able to? <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, probably not. No, I, that may I, just be more of a failure of imagination, more on his part, though. Well, I mean, that's kind of what we've been hinted at to some degree too, but. Um, but yeah, Justice's powers are a little mysterious, um, you know, to him and to us, whether that's like careful setup or just kind of the way things have rolled along as, as the story has progressed. Um, I kind of like it. It's kind of interesting. It's like, 
you know, we don't know everything. Yeah, I mean, I think we're a little these days spoiled with the idea that like everyone has like a five year plan for their books or their TV show or whatever, and everything's mapped out and everyone has a story Bible that they're working from where all, and you know, I, 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 yeah, this is a, a perhaps a fresh, a somewhat more off the cuff way of doing it, which sometimes, you know, the surprises are nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause this was an Archie Goodwin, right? This is a created by Archie. So, I mean, we're, we're not even there with the original creator anymore, but the people who are picking it up are doing a nice job in this case with justice. Yeah, Justice, I've been trained my whole life to kill my enemies, not how to save lives. So he's he's off the book here for, for, for himself as well. So. Right. So I, I wrote this uh, section down in my notes as finding the girl, finding his purpose. There you go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, so he heals her, uh, but that takes a lot out of him. So he kind of crashes as she wakes up, um, you know. Uh, she she's still calling him daddy and he's rolling with it so good night daddy very well i see you tomorrow sarah <laughs> and then uh, i don't know maybe my favorite part of the book is the next couple scenes you know i i imagine it like a classic 80s movie training montage kind of things like arnie wakes up and like what's going on and like justice is there like teaching sarah moves and combat for the swords Sarah. <laughs> he's like this big muscular grown man and she's this tiny maybe eight-year-old girl you know, yeah five to ten i don't think you know don't dodge back dodge to the side right <laughs> be brave <laughs> but yeah i like that part quite a bit um so you kind of he's teaching her how to how to dodge and fight and crashes into arnie and um decides to make it up to him by going to get some breakfast. So yeah, got definitely daddy daughter stuff. You know, she's grabbing her coat and they're heading off, you know, just like they've been together all along, which I think is adorable. Mm. Uh, but yeah, Arnie's a little irrational. He's like, well, maybe she's got parents. We can't just keep this girl forever. It's like, correct, but my it's my responsibility to find them. A justice warrior never relinquishes his duty. Right, so, so he's having a good time now. He's found something to do, really. Um, I also like uh, Arnie. Watch it, you big galoot. <laughs> I don't hear that enough anymore. Yeah, we need to say galoot more. <laughs> All right. Um, so, so then we're cutting between... Uh, so Justice is going to the Safeway. I didn't know they had those in New York. That was a West Coast thing. Yeah, that's definitely a the, the thing that stuck out at me as well. Is he, instead of like a bodega, it's this very large supermarket with Safeway outside, which yeah, no, that's not that's not the lower east side at all. I'm afraid. <laughs> right. So so as as Justice is making his way into the supermarket, uh, he happens to or chain happens to be walking by and notices him go in. Um he had been just basically, you know, kicked out of the gang by Zerk. So he's trying to figure out how to get back into his good graces and uh, decides that the best way to do that would be to kidnap the kid. <laughs> but he's a crackhead. So that's crackhead logic. 
Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Again, Justice and Sarah are adorable. Like she's teaching him how to open the magic door with like a little pressure sensor that makes the grocery store door open. And, you know, she's pushing the cart in the store. <laughs> Arnie yes. said to get some bacon and eggs. Do you like those? Hmm, <laughs> this bacon is as Arnie wants it. Not too much fat. <laughs> Justice can learn Spanish in like a week, but uh, he's still like bacon, eggs. Maybe he just learned the Spanish words for that, and now he's back in America. It's confusing again. Anyway, Sarah's super cute. Yes. Oh, yeah. There's a great. I mean, again, take my time with this one, maybe, but. Uh, there's a great panel where she's looking up at the candy she wants and the uh, the uh, shells are sort of towering up taller than her and like the two things she wants. How come they put my favorite on top? Like, of all the candies, like those are outlined and kind of gold and shining <laughs> like she's found the precious idol. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah, bravo, Jeff Escherwood. <laughs> I can't tell if he has a little kid at home or, you know, so, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's good with that, yeah. Yeah, but all good things must come to an end. Uh, our creep chain uh, grabs Sarah from behind, basically picks her up and starts running. Uh, so he grabs her, to, you know, his great master plan. Um, Justice starts chasing pretty quickly, uh, but before he can catch up to him, uh, chain hops into a taxi. You know, nice going taxi driver. He just doesn't look at all like he's kidnapping anybody. Uh, but uh, does in fact manage to get away for a moment. This this was before Code Adam or Code a- Amber. And so, yeah, if a guy just looks like an insane crackhead with, with a child that's screaming, gets into <laughs> your cab. Well, you know, what are you going to do? And he only gets three dollars and forty cents chair of a fare. Come on. Uh, so, so chain basically drives back to Zerk. Oh, um, wait, wait a second. Good. So this jumped out at me. He's like, they stop in front of Watash Auto Repair. I don't know if you remember Starbrand. The beginning of the month had a bus headed off to Watash Elementary School. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, was, was like Charlie Watash like in the Marvel bullpen retiring that month and they just decided to work his name everywhere? Mm-hmm. I don't... I, what, what, it's a like a weird word that like I can't believe pops up twice for no reason. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think it's the same editor. Dickens? Mm. Maybe. If we if we see it a third time somewhere in another new you book, let's let's do a deep dive. Okay. We'll Google <laughs> it, that word until it we get every instance of it for the last 35 years. <laughs> Computer enhance. Enhance. <laughs> uh. Anyway. So yeah, so Chain's plan to kidnap the girl um, so we can ransom her to make it up 
uh, does not go over well with Zerk. <laughs> it smacks her on the head. He's like, so now he's seen you, right? So basically, not only uh, is he worried about getting trouble from Jane poisoning the girl, but now her father has seen her and, and is going to be uh, looking for her. And he is, and uh, Zerk doesn't want anything to do with it. Uh, I don't suppose you have her name or address. You know, they're they're hoping for something, but. Basically, uh, Chain has screwed them a bit here. <laughs> yeah, this is where you start seeing. I mean, Zerk has been the like responsible one, and he's even more like, yeah, he just sort of wants to get rid himself of this problem, but he's not like go kill her somewhere. He's like, can't you just take her home or something, and yeah. hope that everyone just forgets about this. And how are you going to ransom her if you have no idea who to ransom her to, right? It's just nice going. But yeah, uh, uh, as they're arguing, uh, we can see Justice kind of shadowed figure in the background, his classic flat top and uh, trench coat look. Uh, so a lot like issue one, really, where he, you know, kind of walks onto the scene to a bunch of unsuspecting uh, goons. And then we fight. <laughs> right. So uh, he surprises them. Uh, Zerk calls out a, an extra bunch of goons in the squad. Uh, Hector, Timo, Rasta, Trash. I like that. <laughs> Very professional <laughs> sounding. Uh... Yeah. So we got Chain, Dicky, Zerk, Hector, Timo, Rasta, Trash. <laughs> you know, you know. We always say they don't use code words much in the new universe, but the uh, street punks do. I don't know. It's yeah. Up with that. Oh, it wouldn't be like, you know, Chip, Lenny, Steve. Nobody's <laughs> 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 going to be intimidated when Chip comes out, but trash, you know, that sounds like something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, basically, Chain still has Sarah kind of held hostage uh, as these goons surround him. Uh, Justice looks like he means business, um, but when he first fires his blast, you know, only like a little teeny beam comes out, and the, the guy even kind of dodges it and makes fun of him. You ain't gonna stop us with pebbles. I'm like, yeah, sure, this glowing red beam comes out of his hand, and you think it's a pebble, but they're a bunch of crackheads, so they don't know. But yeah, you can imagine this like Justice is uh, since he lost his hand has been always sort of on and off, but now it's just kind of sputtering like you know, this little Yeah. Picture. They're a pretty fun sort of ragtag bunch like um, one guy's got kind of like a suit coat and ice pick and like Coolio hair you know, one guy looks kind of just like muscular, like G.I. Joe-ish uh, there's a blonde guy who looks like he's wearing like a fur vest or maybe he's wearing a bandana but it's just got this brown furry <laughs> vest like a He-Man outfit or something um, and then a guy with a hockey stick so it's a ragtag bunch it's not like a whole bunch of guys with machine guns yeah I mean it's it's nice when you have like a themed uh, gang like the uh in the warriors movie where like there was the baseball themed gang and the whatever. Um, 
Right. This is you know, just everyone has personal individual style. And I can respect that. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to rock a furry vest and yellow pants, you can do that. I want to know which one he is, though. Right? <laughs> Timo. Rasta? I don't know. Anybody. I think we got Rasta as the guy with the hair, the dreads. I guess. But he's also but that's wearing, about like, all we got. We got. If one of them like had a trash can that he was using, and the other was like... Right. Where's the trash can lid shield? There you go classic <laughs> so they kind of jump him all at once and overwhelm him um and you know he says that influx i gave to sarah drained me he must relax internalize my power so he's able to kind of defend himself a little bit with a shield um and then basically next page it looks like he's doing like a cool like breakdance kick out slash ultra sword vaporize move <laughs> 180 degrees of uh, total destruction there. Yeah. yeah. So Hector, Timo, Rasta, Trash, all vaporized. <laughs> Barely knew you guys. Sorry. One shot. So, yeah, they're dust, literally, uh, as he emerges from the cloud that was them. <laughs> you are powerless to stop me. Hand Sarah over. But uh, while Zerk's ready to give up, he's like, okay, man, we give, we give. Chain says, speak for yourself and stabs Sarah in the back with his knife. <laughs> this is rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my uh, yeah, rough stuff. <laughs> so, this makes me think maybe Jeff Isherwood didn't have a little girl at the time. That'd be hard to write. <laughs> it's good, good point. Oh, oh. Sarah goes down, knife in the back. Justice says, you don't deserve the swift mercy of my sword. Right, so basically beats him to death is the impression I get. Um, Two hits there, yeah. Yeah, so maybe better than he deserved there. Um, and Zerk is the only one still left alive. Um, so, you know, he pulls the knife out and he's, he's like, we can get her to an ambulance. We can use my car or something, something <laughs> like uh, so he's a little desperate. Um, Justice recognizes that he's mostly out to save his own skin, but thinks he could be useful. If, if nothing else, he can drive her to the hospital. Um, and they do. Um, and, you know, again, there's this ton packed in this book. Uh, but in the hospital, we get the, again, classic movie type scene where the doctor walks out and you were waiting to hear what happened. And I'm afraid we couldn't save her. Uh, so Sarah is no more. Uh, <laughs> it's actually at the top. There, there's like exterior shot of the hospital, and then Zerk's sitting on a couch, and Justice standing. And Zerk's like, "You think she'll live? Why? So you won't be an accessory to murder?" And then one of where like Zerk is just like sad, holding his face in his hands. Yeah, Justice is looking at him. He's like, you know, he's not a man of stone. Justice, come on, man. He's uh, just a drug dealer, you know. Whatever. Anyway. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, so Zerk, yeah, who's this totally disposable character, comes off as like fairly remorseful, at least dimensional. Yeah. 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 So um, I mean, 
we probably haven't seen the last of Zerk because uh, Justice sounds like he wants to keep him around to, to be an informant and you know, maybe repeat what he did before and kind of work his way up the, the gang and vaporizing uh, criminals. Um, but we end with a, a panel with sort of the ghostly image of Sarah looking up smiling. <laughs> Sarah, your death is, was not to no effect. I've squandered my time concerning myself with my own world, which I may never see again. There's so much evil, so much work to be done here on Earth. Justice has just sampled the rot and corruption, which he is about to tackle in Designer Death. Ah! Next issue is Designer Death. Yeah, so that makes sense with that. Um, coming coming this week, or yeah. whatever that we had. Um, designer Death, yeah, the... Uh, We'll see what if there's new aspects to the drug trade that we haven't gotten yet. Um, as it is, possibly we'll just go back into sort of that death wish mode that we was, was sort of the promise of the first issue. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's like, is this guy just going to run around murking you guys? Probably. Um, kill count five. Kill count five, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, this yeah, like you say, probably maybe Jeff did not have a kid at home because if you're the father of a young uh young girl, this is like your worst nightmare on on page, you know? It's oh yeah. Just throw in some uh spiders and some people at like uh at a very high height. Um, and you really uh, have everything that would like keep me up at night. Yeah. <laughs> All of the horrors, yes. Can't look at comics anymore. Mm. Too painful. Yeah, oh my I, god! Because I, I distinctly remember, uh, you know, when I was a young parent and I just had one kid, and I was playing a video game where a kid was kidnapped, and like you know, it's like the father needed to find him, and there's kind of a, a ticking clock kind of situation. It's very story based but it's like once i learned that's what was up i was like no i'm not playing this like like it was it was interesting it's probably a fun or at least a uh, a well done game but i couldn't do it so i mean that same i got a lot of that same kind of vibe here yeah i used to be like always um you know there's a couple of like uh losing money or being broke was always something that like I hated so much that if that was like in a movie or something, I would just be, I would like fixate on that. If the characters like lost their money and be, uh, like, hey, don't you need to go find some more money? What the... <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely, I mean, I'm kind of torn whether this is like, you know, a little over the top. It's pretty over the top. But it's also effective, so yeah. Yeah, because well, we expect over the top in comic books in the new universe. How do you do that without like you know, and then an alien aircraft carrier swoops in, kind of thing, you know? Well, like you you don't have those yeah. cheap outs uh, per se. So so I think it's a well done over the top. Yeah, yeah. I remember there was like a um, 
sometimes they can kind of use that. There was a Teen Titans early that where they go to like Starfire's home planet and there's all this kind of Star Wars-y action for a couple of issues. And then they come back and yeah, there's like a junkie dying in the street and they're like, <laughs> so, you know, you can't, Maybe you can go have back to, to that colorful planet. Yeah, this like fantastic lifestyle with this mundane real life horror. Um, but yeah. I don't know. Um, as we said, Jeff Fisherwood off on his own with writing and penciling. Um, maybe dialogue's not as smooth uh, as as other issues I've seen, but um, in terms of like story, um, storytelling, everything works pretty well for him here. So that's impressive. Uh, yeah, I like I like a good inner monologuing kind of stuff too so i can i'm always happy for more of that but especially the 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 title characters tend to be good you know our ken connell's thoughts and you know early mark hazard kind of like the way he was thinking about things and same thing with kind of justice he's kind of straightforward you know but he's stretching from that now so and plus, yeah. yeah, there's just so many great artistic moments of like, you know, lazy down and out couch justice and, you know, training montage with the little girl and <laughs> the, yeah. the moment in the uh, uh, supermarket where she's reaching for the candy kind of stuff. So they, they sold it well. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, yeah, a few moments like that really uh, kind of where he's kind of using his it's his story so if he wants to have like a funny shot of her reaching for candy and golden idol then do that yeah there you go yeah. work to your play to your own strengths um so yeah right and at least seven new additions to the hall of interesting goon names yeah i do like uh i mean what the hell with Zerko's sister and Chain. I mean, if that's his sister, Zerko's got some explaining to do himself. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> um, no, I haven't seen her. I look. I, can't you ask Chain? Come on. Oh, wow. <laughs> I guess um, it's kind of hard to, to convince your uh, sister to stop doing crack when you're a crack dealer. <laughs> No, no moral high ground available. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, so yeah, Zerka is in Zerk's an interesting character. Um, well, interesting to see where we get they go with him. Uh, sort of moral conflict is more evident in him. Mm. Than, so yeah, yeah. I mean, if next issue is like Arnie, Justice, and Zerk go hitting the town, and you know he's kind of the informant, and they're like. Tell us where the next warehouse is, Weasel, and kind of smack him a couple times. And it's like, okay, okay. <laughs> All right, Zurich, I want you to wear this wire. No, man, they'll kill me, man. <laughs> exactly. Man, if that's in the next issue, <laughs> I'll be happy. <laughs> uh, Justice is, yeah, I mean, visually, I mean, that when his eyes go red, it's just like, Wrath of God time. That's always work. Always enjoyable. He's, uh, 
shows up and like glows red eyes. You're just like, hey, yikes. Oh, what do you think, Rick Reed? Uh, I think it's an easy A. I will, I will uh, concur with uh, a lot of the awesomeness and shave it down to an A minus. Oh no, my ability to reread this is probably hampered by my own uh, life, current lifestyle. So, uh. <laughs> it's a little too close to home here, but. Sister's oh. married to a crackhead, right? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's relatable. <laughs> uh, no. Anyway, um, it is a uh, strong statement. Um, well yeah. beyond like a, a after school special <laughs> that you might have. This is true. Yeah, taking it for it first. Yeah. Yeah. So well, well done in general. Whoa. So shall we well, take a break and then uh, come back and talk? Uh, DP seven device variable number of DPs. Yes, let's do that. All right. going to dig into EP7 number six. <laughs> yeah. can, I, can I admit to something? Sure. I always, I always forget what the D stands for. D is displaced. Yeah, I mean, I know it, but in my head, it's not, it's not quick to mind. Displaced paranormals, as uh, the logo on the splash page has it. Um, it's, it's, I'm always uh, running into troubles with the, like the issue number and the number of paranormals. Yeah. Once we get into like 25 or something, it'll be a little easier. Yeah. yeah. But uh, for now it's uh, too close together. Next, next month, it'll be crazy for me. DP seven, number seven, sevens like all behind me in this like whirling <laughs> montage can't handle the use two of the, the use of the same number twice in, this, in a sentence it's just too much dp6 number seven yeah, okay. a bunch of people with phds and uh <laughs> prime numbers are throwing us off <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah so uh dp7 number six is uh cover is a pretty strong image it's got um just a single figure that's kind of that's light colored but uh probably in fire on fire and there's fire everywhere and you see a number of figures sort of in silhouette and some uh couple of uh arms sort of near you uh, the reader uh, sort of like you know step back warding him off or something and some machinery on the ground and it just says scorcher down below and so a lot of, a lot of burning and dying and collapsing looking figures yeah yeah and you you can't see the figure well enough to to recognize it 
so what is the scorcher is the scorcher gonna be our new enemy maybe he's a new guy that's chasing their our our dp6 plus one could be let's see um it's striking whatever it is inside we've got a splash page dp7 and the title of this uh, story revenge uh, what did they what was it split up was in the uh promo for it yeah that's what makes me think split up is next issue uh okay but i don't know that's a guess yeah this title could also be a scorcher i don't know but so the uh story starts off with the splash page of uh philip nolan voigt our head of the clinic we've seen before giving a lecture, um, a PowerPoint, I guess, to a group of silhouettes in the audience. And the um, uh, some narration box that says, the headquarters of the National Institute for Paranormal Research somewhere in North America. Um, right, so we're not in the Wisconsin branch, we're in the HQ. Yeah, and so this is part of an interesting thing where it's like, is this like part of the NIH? Like most of those are around clustered around DC, but I don't know. This may be a little too top secret for um, being an open uh, branch of a government like that. And uh, his PowerPoint uh, starts off with SCUS. So he's got a couple of um, profile shots and a shot of SCUS holding a couple of large books. And he's like, Gentlemen, the first of the seven escaped paranormals you will apprehend for us, Dennis Kaczynski, nicknamed Scuzz. And then, as with the others, he gives all the uh, physical details of each character, which maybe they did in the first or second issue as well. Um, feels like Gr Gruenwald also uh, working on the official handbook of the Marvel Universe at this time uh, is big on details and like knowing who's uh, how tall and how much they weigh. Blood type. And... Dennis is uh, 15. I was guessing 16 or 17 based on the last few issues. So I'm a little taken aback by that. Yeah, he's surprisingly young. Five foot seven, 140 pounds. And as, he, as he'll give details for everyone else, the boy's skin emits a highly corrosive substance, which as yet defies chemical analysis. It is constantly being generated by his body. He can apparently accelerate its rate of production, but not retard it. He burned completely through these dictionaries you see here in four seconds. He has been observed to penetrate a one-inch steel plate in ten. Needless to say, avoid direct contact. Wow, I didn't know Scuzz could do it that quickly. Because he, he always seems like... Uh, a power that like well if you have time to wait for him to burn through a door then go ahead <laughs> yeah 45 minutes later <laughs> you're done in there scus not yet hold on um void continues on the next page with the other six paranormals um that's easier to sort of do a nice six panel spread on a page um lenora fenzel um, aka twilight he doesn't bother with the code names which themselves never got into um jeffrey walters aka blur stephanie stephanie harrington aka 
glitter sparkle something anyway she's 30 I, i'm always a little uh iffy on her age yeah um charlotte beck age 19 um five foot four 120 pounds college freshman this woman affects the surface attraction between relatively large chunks of matter yeah attractions her power all right man is Shaking my head at you there. As uh, Ken uh, Connell would put it, you know, she's a uh, college age uh, female whose interests are dancing and physical fitness. Ah, that body. (laughs) Um, We're in Wisconsin, man. Ken is well away in Pennsylvania. Oh, dear. So then David Mastodon Landers who's uh, 34, 6 foot 11, and six, 365 pounds um, in his full uh, strength that we've got um, normally. And finally, Randall O'Brien, a.k.a. Antibody, is uh, 28 and a medical resident, of course, we know. So Nolan go- continues with some um, videotape of them escaping and quote unquote, attacking the uh, guards and um, other people at the, at the clinic. And I wasn't quite sure at first whether this was like a scientific conference where he's talking to other, you know, science people about the paranormality, but no, he's, he's just talking to bounty hunters basically. And we're so far, um, we don't get too much uh, on them, but there's seven of them as well. I think um, he mentions that the uh, DP seven comprised the third test group they studied at their Midwestern clinic. So they have more than one clinic and they each went on treatment for three to five weeks and October 20 is when they left. And that this was a month ago, according to what he's saying here. Um, they say they sent the first three member the members of the first test group um who were the three headhunters that they dealt with in issues two and three um bloodhound vice versa and shrapnel um, yep we get all of their real names too i think for the first time yeah yeah i think ed we'd like just gotten someone call him ed but he is uh, full name um so they talk about uh They've made more attempt. They made several attempts to get these um, escapees. Didn't work. Uh, they call it considers them violent and dangerous, and he wants them to uh, take them down, sort of one at a time, or split them into smaller groups. And that the first one is uh, to attack is probably Scuzz. So, smash cut to Wisconsin where Scuzz is looking at some motorcycles outside a biker bar called Bean City. Kind of a weird biker bar name. That sounds more like like a coffee shop. I don't know what what was going on in uh, Wisconsin that that was like the tough guy biker bar. I'll meet you over at Bean City. (laughs) Um, Roasted beans? I don't know. They're really dark. I don't know. Look, uh, a lot of bikers like a, a nice frappe with their uh, latte. 
Um, he's he's thinking to himself. He wish he had a had a motorcycle that he knows how to ride one. Um, his dad used to have one, and um, he's basically cold and hungry, and his clothes are being burned through. But inside, we have a um, bunch of goons, biker gang goons, and a woman is saying to a hefty looking guy next to her kind of looks like uh, Dave Landers actually in terms of like size and uh, jawline a bit yeah hey Rockow some punks eye on your wheels oh yeah so Scuzz is thinking he'll head into the bar and hope he can get food or something but the bikers come out hey what you doing out here kid messing with our bikes uh oh he's He's, uh, no, I was just admiring him. And for once, yeah, Scuzz was not doing anything to, to everyone. But the, the bikers are like, don't give me that. We saw you touching him. You put sand in our gas tanks. Um, guy makes the mistake of grabbing Scuzz and it immediately burns his hand. It's like, ah, my hand. And Scuzz is like, oh, I'm in for it now. <laughs> He's right. <laughs> Like, ah, sorry, man, I got this rash. See, <laughs> um, but so he tries to make a, a quick fight to make a run for it, but uh, they hit him from behind the chain, and then a the guy's on top of him is like, Now I'm gonna show you what we do. He does that spitball into the guy's eye, and well, I hate to think what happens to that guy's eye given what how dangerous spitballs are. A um, couple more New come. Your nickname, Blinky. <laughs> oh, one eye. A couple more come, um, sort of catch him from the side, and uh, then he kind of goes down in a group of fists and sticks and boots, chains. You're dead, Blondie. Dead. Save me another piece, Earl. Very collegial fellows. Anyway, they're. The one guy's like, my eye burns like acid. Don't worry, Rock. We'll get you through the docks. Let's get the chicks and get out of here. That's where we're done beating up the child. I mean, like I just said, he's 15. You know, I mean, I would I would expect a little bit um, better from biker gangs. I mean, what are you going to prove with that? A little weird, but okay. We smash uh, over to the DP6, and, where Stephanie has just given um, Dave Mastodon Landers a haircut. So instead of looking like um, yeah, he's, he's been growing his hair out for months and uh, the big beard, he's uh, now quite clean trim. Um, so the, the characters are all talking Mostly about how they don't miss Scuzz anymore. <laughs> but yeah. um, Lenore, who we know is a, a Latin teacher, is reading to herself, Forsan et haec olim juvabit menemesse. Meminesse. Which I, I looked up. There's a quote from the Aeneid. Maybe someday you will rejoice to recall even this. That's pretty good. Okay. I was kind of hoping it was a nice Easter egg. And yeah, fair enough. 
Someday you will be nostalgic for even today. So, um, Dave, um, let's see. Rand, let's see. Lenore asked, asked Randy, thinking about Dennis again? Yeah, everyone sure seems to be in a better mood since he left. Ah, but Randy still feels like they owe him something and they should go help him. Stephanie and Dave are talking and um, something about going to visit David's uncle. Uh, there's a little hijinks with Jeff uh, Walters, but um, overall, um, people are in good mood, or at least better than we've seen them in a while. And Jeff is only 24, which I was surprised. He's pretty young. Yeah, he's, uh, he, he, he w- was sort of big brotherly to Scuzz, it seemed like, the last couple of issues. So you might think they were a little closer in age. Yeah, really, he was trying. He was trying. So um, David is saying his uh, uncle Art, he has to look like his old self to uh, so his uncle will recognize him because he's going to ask him for a favor. And then he goes up to the front uh, where he's riding with Stephanie. And it seems like they've been doing that for a while because they're talking and uh, about their plan to... Um, did we start? Yeah, to to go basically go grab Stephanie's children. So that's the secret plan. Of course, um, there's like a a shadowy figure behind them, and it's Randy's antibody. That's ah, a sneaky spook. It probably heard everything. You better pull over. It's bound to be snitching on us to Randy. It actually <laughs> is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Quite sure. Um. Randy doesn't say that he sent that out deliberately, but yeah, whatever plotting is going on around, I guess the antibody will uh, keep its ear to the ground. And Randy's giving uh, David a hard time about um, what their their plan is, which is to go grab Steffi's kids. Um, Thanksgiving's coming up. Yeah, so like if he gets, if David gets another vehicle, then they can split up. Right, and if they split up, then he can go, and you know he's got he's been crushing on Stephanie for a while, so he wants to go help her grab her kids. Uh, then if they got two vehicles, then you know he doesn't have to listen to Randy and follow everything he he does, presumably. Yeah, Stephanie's still mad at Randy because in her mind he ruined the exorcism. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he after he jinxed the exorcism for us, I can't say I have any sympathy for him. I don't see why he thinks the rest of us cared about that little creep scuzz again. <laughs> Yeesh. It's pretty, yeah, I'm glad scuzz isn't the one with the antibody. He'd be like, man, I thought they were my friends. Um, so he's like, David tells him he can go look for scuzz if he wants. And then, uh, but we're going to, I'm going to go with Stephanie and Randy says, look, maybe we can just go get the kids and then go get Scuzz, and that doesn't sound like that's a big um, plan either. Anyway, he's got um, this uncle to go ask a favor for, so Randy goes with him for that, and uh, they'll like um, hopefully get, um, get their plan going for afterwards. So Arts Auto Parts is where... Um, David's uncle is this sort of L. Wilford Brimley type um, nice old guy. He's working. 
I guess, owns. And he does recognize David. Good gravy. What's happened to you, boy? You look like you've grown a foot in both directions. <laughs> and uh, he, he gives him sort of a little vague answers about, like, ah, oh, you know, I had to quit and I'm. And started eating a lot after Ma died. And I don't know. Anyway, I sold my car to this guy and uh, I was wondering if you could help me out with something else. And it's like, he looks at their uh, RV and then he shows him a Winnebago. That's pretty nice, actually. And offers to let him use that for a while. Uh, David's pretty uh, psyched. It's like, geez, all I expected was a used car. Are you sure you can spare this thing for a while? Yeah, of course, I'm sure, boy. I'm not about to let any nephew of mine go without a roof over his head. <laughs> Good gravy. That's a vehicular upgrade. It's nice. So a few miles down the road, they pick up the others, and the others are all like, that's great. Wow. Um, so here's, here's Randy's like, how about a compromise? We'll go pick up Steffi's kids, all six of us, and then we'll all go look for scuzz together. How about that? Steffi <laughs> puts her foot down. I don't think Scuzz would be a good influence on my children, Randy. Ouch. Yeah. So um, we've got uh, splitting up into three and three. We've got Lenore, David, and Stephanie in one with the Winnebago. And Randy, Charlie, and Jeff in the pickup truck. And uh, talk about sure feels weird splitting up after all these weeks together. Gee, David, Randy is really ticked off. He didn't even say goodbye to us. And then they say, well, he'll, you know, we'll meet him back here on Tuesday. So the plan is to do all this in a few days, but we'll watch the timeline for Scuzz in a se- in a minute here. So, um, yeah, the Randy and, Jeff and Charlie are in the pickup and um, Charlie's kind of giving uh, Randy the eye. So where are we heading to first? Last vicinity we saw Scuzz, I guess. We wake up, we smash cut to a hospital near Wausau, Wisconsin, where Scuzz is in a hospital bed with tubes coming out of him. And there's a woman next to him. Where, where am I? Who are you? I'm Mary Perzentka. I'm a barmaid at Bean City. I was the one who found you. And uh, I like that she calls herself a barmaid. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that was like how you fill out your W-2s. I don't know. A barmaid at the old inn. What kind of adventure are you looking for? <laughs> you need a treasure map, perhaps? <laughs> okay. Um, he sa- she says she's been, he's been there for two nights in the hospital already. And um, she asks him like his name and has any friends. And, nope, nope. Call me Scuzz. Um, he realizes he hasn't been like producing acid for a while, maybe because he's been so such a mess. But um, yeah, she even touches his arm, kind of like bottom panel, bottom right of thirteen, with no consequence. Yeah, she just she just thinks there's she got like a shock. I don't know. Um, so they talk to the doctor and he's like, you're going to have to stay for at least a week. It's like, uh. 
he's like, I, I got enemies. I'm a sitting duck here like this. Um, which is it's actually true. true. Yeah. <laughs> 100% correct. So we pop over to Rhinelander, Wisconsin later that week, where Randy is um, going to see Scuzz's father. He's uh, dressed up a bit and he goes in and pretends to be from the clinic himself. Um, and he's sort of checking out the place, which is a dump. Yes. <laughs> Name's O'Connor. I'm with the clinic where you sent your son. I didn't send him nowhere. Is that fruity guns counselor right up at the high school? It's like, uh, I don't know. Maybe the high school guidance counselor was trying to save the kid and get him away from his awful dad. Yeah, maybe it's, I'm not sure if I should be like, uh, the sort of, uh, kind of a stereotype we've got for the father here. And like, you might like, a more contemporary thing might have like a MAGA hat and, uh, you know, be mumbling about Q all the time or something. But, uh, though, uh, like Arnie, I think, I think I can make out a Playboy on his table. Yeah, nice. Got some Schlitz beer. And, uh, unlike Arnie, he doesn't have the, uh, high, the name brand Doritos. He's got, uh, Taco brand chip. taco chips. <laughs> uh, socks on the lampshade. That's good stuff there, man. <laughs> That's, remember like a few issues ago where we went to Steffi's house and saw her husband, Chuck, yeah. had been living the bachelor life. It's not 100% worse than that. I don't know. I'd say like 20 to 30% worse. So I don't know. Yeah. But there wasn't any holes in the wall with Chuck, at least. It's true. It's true. Drywall is going, going bad. Uh, so um, Randy's kind of lying and he's like, well, anyway, your boy ran away from the clinic. And uh, I guess it was a month ago. Yeah. And uh, so if you hear anything from him, uh, tell him to give me this. Call him. Call me at this number, not any other number I may have, or anyone else at the clinic has ever given you before. There's a nice picture where he's he's looking at the picture on the wall. I guess their wedding photo of the Kuzinski seniors there, younger and happier times. Yeah, much like Chain and his wife probably had. <laughs> there, before it all fell once apart. upon a time before the crack took over. Uh, yeah, Randy also thinks I don't remember him ever talking about his mother. Probably left this drunken boar. I don't know. He Scuzz and his father sort of mention something now and then. And I, my guess is that the mother's dead. Did you get that? Uh, I don't remember that from any like actual clues, but it seems it sounds right. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's. It's a strong possibility. Anyway, Randy comes out and he's like, because his father knows nothing and cares less. Uh, took your mom's number, but I bet it's already squ- already been swallowed up in the squalor. <laughs> he ate it like a taco chip. And Charlie's thinking, Randy's really getting obsessed with that little stinker. <laughs> he's the only one that cares. Back to Wausau two days later. And Mary is helping Scuzz out to the 
her car, which is an old VW. And I think you'll be more comfy at my place in that old hospital. And I'll do whatever these nurses could. And then some, I hate hospitals. They're, they're where you go to die. Mm. Maybe it was things like that. What was it in uh, Night Mouse? The, the white man's death lodge or something? That's, I think that's yeah. perfect. Yeah. So she gets into a nice little place, much nicer than Scuzz's father's, but it's got like, uh, what do you call them? Some, um, little like figurines everywhere, kind of stuff. Yeah, it's kind of girly, kind of, um, I don't know. But uh, she's like, here's the couch and the TV. And he asks for a beer. Aren't you a little underage? No, I just look it. Okay. She goes into the kitchen and is sort of thinking to herself, you know, there you go, picking up boys again. Isn't he a little young? Oh, not that old. We don't actually learn how old Mary is, but. Um. Probably enough to make this illegal. <laughs> well, certainly, yeah. Uh, the, she's, uh, she comes back and they talk for a little bit and he's like, why are you doing all this for me? A total stranger. It's like, uh, she's like, I guess I've always been attracted to people who are needy in some way. My two husbands, my boyfriends, they're all the hurt puppy types. So Scott is thinking to himself like, um, well, I can use a place to stay an old mother until I get her, get feeling better. And, uh, she still she does seem stuck on me, so maybe if I play my cards right. So we're not quite sure whether Scuzz is, you know, genuinely uh, likes her or is just kind of using her. Um, Opportunistic. Yeah. But then flip the page and the narration box gives us for the next two weeks, Scuzz lives a life of leisure waiting on waited on hand and foot. And we have a nice montage of uh, Mary trying to uh, accommodate him. Um, like him burning through his clothes. He starts off with like a sweatshirt and then like a panel later, it's like sleeves have been burned off and it's um, anyway, a little, uh, Seen him dancing around in his underwear from uh, Risky Business, I guess. Yep. How do you how do you wear out your clothes so fast? So she's uh, she finally um, puts the move on him one We're night. Watching Dallas. <laughs> yeah, she's like, don't you like a little glamour and fantasy and romance? Some like watching it. Some like doing it. I like doing too. Oh yeah, can't prove it by me. <laughs> yeah, it's high class flirting going on. Yeah, it's uh. Anyway, it's like, well, maybe Nurse Mary had better give you a thorough physical examination. They turn off the TV, and then there's some dark panels. Um, and all of a sudden, of course. Eh! Yeah. So yeah, lights are on and Mary is jumping up. What did you do to me? My mouth is burning like acid. Um, it's, uh, uh, you're you're poison. I think I'm bleeding. I didn't mean. Ugh. Next Nothing. thing, nothing's going well here. 
Scuzz is out on the street. Uh, I think he's changed his shirt and he is sort of steaming. It's like, what's blazes the matter with me? I didn't I know that would happen if I got close to someone? She's right. I'm poison. I never admitted it to myself before, but I'm never going to be able to get close to anyone because of my weird power. It's like, I'm only 15 years old. I ain't never even had a girlfriend yet. Now I'll never be able to. One thing left to do. Mm-hmm. And no- notably, like as he's relaxing in the house and, you know, you know for a while when he's kind of happy, like he's not smoking, right? Mm. Like his body's not steaming. Like he's still obviously acidic, but not so much. And then as he's walking away and monologuing, he gets burnier and burnier so yeah it's funny because she says something about leaving cigarette burns all over the place but that's just him yeah yeah. you uh he if it's connected to emotional state which is a reasonable assumption yeah he was in pretty good mood around mary and now he is not okay that night back to bean city we have the (laughs) The biker bar, not the coffee shop. Not the coffee shop. That's da- two doors down on the left. I don't know. It's the same owner. I don't understand. Um, there's um, the same bikers are inside, except they call the one who he burned his eye out, Rockow, which I think before it was actually a different guy. That's true. It was a different guy. It was like the guy with the bandana and then the guy with the cowboy hat got his eye put out. And now we have the guy in the cowboy hat with his eye patch, but they call him Rockow. The Rockow brothers? I don't know what's going on. It's him, Rock. The little wuss what blinded you. It's a different girl here, too. It's a brunette instead of a blonde. But the bikers come out. And hey, punk me, we got a score to sell, Yumi. You said it, Dead Eye. What? And he's like, called you Dead Eye because you're dead. He jumps on the guy and then is like exploding. More of his clothes are, are coming off. And by the time he jumps off of this rock out number two, I don't know whether rock out is going to make it. No, I think that's kill count one. <laughs> yeah. He is um, yeah, falling down, and I, almost all his clothes are off now, so it's just naked scuzz. He's all right, tough guys. Who's next? Ah! So now we have these sort of big, wide-open panels of this, which is just scuzz opening up... Uh, Fired, fiery devastation on these guys. He's on fire. He throws spitballs at a couple of them. You got it. I'm fire. I'm acid. I'm burning death. He's burning up. I'm the scorcher. <laughs> oh, we find out our cover was all about. He's some kind of devil. Move it, Flem. He's almost on our butts. He lands on two dudes with his naked like his bare feet and I don't know, sets them on fire. Finally, one guy who's, I think the the bandana guy we started with, he trips over something and he's coming up on him. He's 
looks like he's ready to kill him, but he's like, you got one chance. Blow it in your smoked meat like your buddies. Give me the keys to your arg. That's the red Harley. As he's walking away, I should have French fried the freak, but my power is starting to die down. He yeah. grabs the guy's motorcycle, starts it up. Then he, uh, we, one of the guys is on fire behind him. Help me. <laughs> he uh, gives himself a spitball, throws it at the other bikes, and at least a half a dozen of them go up in a big explosion. So, yeah, Skuz uh, starts the Harley up and uh, wheelies out of there. Boom, boom, boom. Scree! And as he's going away, he's thinking to himself, come on, you stupid paranormal power. Ignite my gas tank. Blow me sky high. Put me out of my misery. Uh, it's fizzling out. Can't keep it going. Can't go out in a blaze of glory. Wow. Yeah, wow. Oof. <laughs> So back at the Bean City, the midst of all the fire, there's two guys we hadn't seen before, or at least um, in Wisconsin, um, but they were in the Voigt's uh, conference uh, earlier. We were not briefed he was this powerful, Lazar. Adolescence puts kids through a lot of changes, Bernard. Well, let the others know he's on his way. I think it's safe to say hot stuff is as good as nabbed. Hmm. I kind of wish they would just say their names at the end of every sentence. <laughs> the end. So the yeah, end. We, we just drop it there. Wow. <laughs> this is an escalation. Amazing stuff. Yeah, it's I the, I was thinking maybe it's um loosely based on Carrie, the Stephen King uh Yeah, this definitely has that vibe. Where you, like you just go nuts and you know wreak devastation on everyone um yeah scuzz who i mean we were a little slow kind of getting to know scuzz and it was just kind of these sort of small you know teenager in a bad mood thing for a while there then last month we got more like he doesn't feel like he's part of the group and he blew off and now he's just like boom Front and center. And, yeah, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that he was, you know, cracking jokes and making nicknames for him and helping helping them, you know, pretend to be the Wampus and you know, wacky fun adventures. Like, oh no, not anymore. <laughs> so, like I, I think I said once before, DP Seven is good because things you think of, they will the writers and artists will also think of. And so, if I thought a few weeks maybe issues ago that, you know, Scuzz is a little young, but he's got to be interested in girls at some point. And if he's excreting untouchable acid all the time, that's really going to come back to haunt him. Well, here it was. He cannot yeah. stop that. Uh, he's seen himself trapped in a life of loneliness and uh, uh, whatever. Um, does not like that idea. He's one of the the only. He's like we said, the only guy who really enjoys having powers. But when the payoff, there the trade off is like you can never touch a girl. Yeah, I don't think most teenage boys would think that was such a great deal after all. Yeah, 
I mean, the the rogue from the X Men always kind of has that same uh, general idea of like, oh, what was me? I, I can't touch, I can't kiss, kind of thing. But right, mean, right. She's, she's a drop dead gorgeous model with superpowers and can fly, and could put on gloves and hold someone's hand. You know, yeah, yeah. He's a teen with a terrible past, and <laughs> he's okay. He's got it much worse. So, as I said, as we went along, the the other team members uh response to scuzz leaving is surprisingly <laughs> positive brandy feels responsible most of the others sort of thought of him as kind of an irritant and are kind of glad he's gone yeah i i think i think that's a good new universe kind of way of handling team stuff too like you know there's this conflict in teams and dc and marvel books and stuff but you know Really, this is just a group of people who are stuck together by circumstance, and there's no reason they have to like each other. And yeah, they, nobody likes the snotty 15 year old teen. You know, it's just left with Randy, who really feels sorry for him and responsible for him at the same time. But everybody else is like, oh, forget that punk. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a different okay. play on the whole, like, yeah, let's go rescue the teammate. Yeah, the um, let's see. Yeah, so none of our teams really like each other in the new universe, besides the kickers. Yeah, the kickers are coworkers. I think they're friends. Yeah, more or less. Um, Cyforce is obviously stuck together. Um, DP Seven is just thrown together, and they were yeah. there. Yeah, and I'm calling them teams out of habit. They're not really teams at all, yeah. other than obviously kickers are literally a football team. Cyforce is not even Cyforce. They've never once used the term Cyforce. Yeah. Right. Um, Which I like. Troubleshooters call themselves troubleshooters, but they're not like, yeah, like a superpower team. They're a bunch, yeah, it's like a gang of friends, kind of like a, a frat or something. I don't know. At a MIT, I don't know what, if that really goes uh, together. But um, yeah, I, yeah, it's 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 refreshing in some ways, but yeah, you can definitely see where they're going to. Uh, it's not going to be like at the end of every issue. Hey, we're all back together, and all we got to we're going getting along well together again, and everything. Scuzz could be out forever. I mean, yeah, you know, it's uh, who knows. <sighs> it's uh, he is still like a pretty young guy. You you. The universe being a real time thing, um, we'll see if he grows and changes. But I think I said before the last time as well that he would actually be fine probably working for the clinic if they weren't like, you know, erasing his uh, memory or, or, you know, fooling around with his head. Um, or even if he, they are, I don't know. And if he, if he would be that opposed to, um, whatever it is they're doing so yeah if they let him go out and like you know wreck some stuff and have some fun and that kind of stuff he'd probably be all for it but if they yeah. start reminding him of his dad and boss him around too much or that kind of stuff but yeah he, he would probably benefit from being there in terms of you know figuring out control of his powers because you know it seems like there still is some hope some sort of avenue that he could kind of turn it up and down if he can turn it up right you should be able to turn it down 
Yeah, you you do get the feeling that uh, in a couple of spots in this, he's yeah, he hasn't been doing it. Um, his mood or his injuries. So yeah, maybe he can turn it down at least enough to to get a you know, normal human relationship thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's uh, yeah another another strike against Randy forever dragging him out of there in the first place. It's because this is kind of the guy who like you would like maybe you should join the army, you know, like learn <laughs> a little discipline and kind of get yourself together there. Right? We've kind of given up on you in normal educational circles. So mm. maybe he'll get drafted and there'll be some kind of war. I don't know anything about such, any such developments. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Voigt, um, a nation, national uh, institute for paranormal research and getting this uh, group of bounty hunters, which I thought maybe was the sweatshop they were referring to in the, the solicits, but hard to say. They certainly didn't refer to themselves that way. Yeah, um, the original story idea maybe had more weight on the splitting up thing. But, and then we get to like the usual like handful of uh, nice character moments. The bikers, uh, well, not nice, are at least you know a little over the top, I'd say. But uh, Art, the uncle, it's that sort of uh, night meandering. It's like the gentle wizard who gives you the the bonus as you go by. <laughs> who is it? Um, Tom Bombadil. Uh, right there you go. No songs, um, thankfully, you didn't like sing for five pages. I still, you know, that's my guess for what happened with the Kaczynskis is that the mother died and they all like went, took a tailspin. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't think they were in that good of shape beforehand, but I, I'm guessing that's a good way to like become like this. Um, and this Mary, the barmaid, I don't know. She's, uh, her, her willingness to like scuzz <laughs> kind of makes her uh, charming in my in my thoughts. Interesting so, mix of charm and desperation, perhaps. Yeah, but um, that's all. I don't know. It's a uh, scuzz wants to go out in a blaze of glory there, and he's like mad at himself for not being able to do that. But uh, wow. I think that's yeah the that's the biggest thing we've seen out of DP seven so far in terms of like power use and um, against civilians, I guess. Um, yeah, really, they have a they've been running. You know, they've been careful. I mean, they have they've been careful not to even sort of kill or really hurt too badly the the bloodhounds and like the the hunters that were trying to track them down and bring them back sort of they're, they're villains almost uh up until this point yeah they, they haven't done anything quite so serious and cut loose and yeah that moment of where he's riding away on the bike hoping for it to explode so he just dies is i don't know if that's more heart-wrenching than sarah with the knife in the back or not i really like scuzz sarah was brand new you know yeah yeah, Scuzz has been growing on me. Um, I don't know. So it's funny because uh, I was a really like well behaved. Like I never got into any trouble. Never got detention. Like was good. At, you know, I would sit quietly in school, kind of thing. But my favorite characters in these books are like the the Wayne and the Scuzz, the teen rebels. 
<laughs> well, yeah, our stories aren't going to be make an interesting comic book for anyone. I hate to say it, but um, we were to get, become like uh, Harvey Picar and do our whole like boring, mundane lives in comic books. Yeah, was, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I never liked those comics anyway. Okay. Well, let's see. Um, so yeah, I, I I think the timeline is a little weird because of Scuzz. Like, it's like they just split up, and then there a few days go by for the DP six, and then Scuzz is in the hospital for more days, and then he's at home with Mary for like two weeks. Yeah. It feels like it was time for DP six to to get Steffi's kids and then meet up again and blah 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 and so I'm not quite sure if these things are all kind of happening simultaneously or what now yeah I, in my head next issue will be the arrest of them catching up to the present yeah yeah hopefully we'll all kind of sync back up as that at least the, the main two groups get back together if they haven't found Skuz yet yeah uh, and uh, yeah, DP six seven's timeline overall. So they're back before Thanksgiving, whereas most of the other books are well into Christmas, more or less. So yeah, so it's not following the real time quite as closely as the other books, at least when they mentioned the time. So yeah, it's it's. I mean, as they said, or will say somewhere in an interview that I read, um, the idea was that like. By the end of the year, everyone will have aged a year. So they'll just sort of let them kind of go at their own pace and probably fill in with some, wow, it's been great sitting here for the last uh, two months, but uh, I think we're all ready to go now. (laughs) Time to leave this campground. (laughs) They all have beards. Yeah. So let's see, we've got um, Stephanie and David trying to uh, uh, kidnap her kids. What could go wrong? Um, then they have to hook back up with Randy and the other two. And then there's all the um, bounty hunters probably going after Scuzz first and then maybe also the other groups if they're still split up. Right. Know. Maybe they're called Sweatshop for now. Lazar and Bernard. <laughs> I I feel like I should give them like an accent. I don't know. Is Lazar like a French name or something? I don't know. Eh, Andy Maybe looks like he's though. tired of my accents here. Okay. <laughs> oh, gonna do this again. Oh. <laughs> do you want to hear oh. more accents? Let us know. Send us an email. <laughs> Let's see. Do we have a uh, vote on a grade for this one? I graded the last one first. So you have to grade this one first. I'll go for an A. I was going to give it an A, too. I'm really happy this week. It's a um, yeah full entertainment experience here and uh, really you know, runs a range of emotions and moves several plot points forward. So I'm feeling pretty good about this title now. It's like um, month to month, it's, it's been strong and... Uh, Feels like it's just gets you know, better each time in some ways. Yeah, I agree. All good. All good. Grunwald and Ryan were really 
and underappreciated in some way. Yeah. Did they both work on Captain America or just Gruenwald on Captain America? I think Gruenwald was writing Captain America and Ryan came back with like Quasar and Fantastic Four. That's later. right. Ryan did Fantastic Four. I think we talked about but that. I don't know before. if he did what he was doing before this offhand. Um, I was looking something up about him and he was like, he'd like been working in industry or something for a while or industrial illustration. I don't know. But yeah, he he was he's not a like you know fresh out of school guy. He was you know thirty or forty, I guess, when he's doing this. So he's got this. The uh, style doesn't really change in the in the way like a a guy who's just got his first book, you know, and it's like develops, and then after like a half dozen issues, he's like, oh yeah, you're really uh, getting it together now, you know. He's been consistent this whole time, so he was he had developed that somehow beforehand. I, I honestly don't remember where. Yeah, good work though. Good work. Let's see. Um, I was going to yeah bring up maybe how death works in the new universe. Um, we have yeah. not seen a lot of it. No, no major characters have gone down. And we've got um, the first issues. I remember everyone seemed to have like a death that encouraged them to go off and become a superhero or at least to do something. Right. So we've got Jenny Swenson's father died on almost like the first page of their book, right? That kind of set everything into motion there. All right. You know, Night Mask's parents were blown up, and that's been the, the major arc in that. Yeah. Emmett Proudhawk dies. Emmett Proudhawk, yeah. Thus, we haven't gotten Cy Force yet because he was the one that was trying to bring them together. It's like, have you guys started calling each other Cy Force yet? No, that was the first thing I was going to tell you to do. Damn it. (laughs) Yeah, we think Mark Hazard's going to be all about death and and, uh, killing, but then he starts off all about the failure of his family to hold together kind of stuff like i'm gonna go back out for an outing with my uh ex-wife and child uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah um we lose the, our uh, darling steve magnaconti too early yeah what steve we hardly knew you um and justice mm, i don't know i mean he ices some punks pretty quickly but it's more like his separation from his home that's that's the driving force for him so right yeah so it does start with a dead old woman oh okay the star brand i don't know if the old man or the alien dies or not or... well we didn't know it at the beginning but i think now we're fairly certain that most of that was hallucinatory right. so that's the thing maybe is um is death in the new universe permanent because they make such a play for realism and real time that it seems to me like that would be also part of their um, program is to have, you know, you deaths are permanent. There's no, you know, faking out comic book resurrection, blah, blah, blah. Now I get, Yes, already Starbrand is a question mark on that, though, because of the 
uncertain memories he has of what happened to the uh, alien slash old man in the first place. We're not quite sure whether that person died and was alive again, or that whole thing was a complete fake. So, yeah, in my in my head canon, I I think of it as a fake out, right? So, so yeah, there's definitely some oddness there. Um, you know, there's some weird powers too. If we go back to the previous justice issue, like he basically vaporized the monstrous dad villain, but it just sprung back up. So right. I mean, if if death is going to be kind of you know transient or reversible anywhere, Justice's little magical aura world might be the one. I mean, it but seemed again, like they were killing. He was going to be killed a couple of times, uh, a couple of issues ago, and yeah, it just switched him into his world. So is his world heaven? Oh, <laughs> mm, I don't know about Not that. much of one. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it was maybe the Ultimate Universe. They they were planning to have no um, fake death, like only only permanent death. Mm. Um, but I would, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's, that's comes up here that, um, people are not just going to spring back to life on a, on a moment's notice, um, no matter how much we like them. Yeah. I, I greatly dislike the fake death thing. Well, I get it. Like you can't kill Superman. Yeah. But I mean, you can't like you know, kill like a, this innocent kid like Sarah and then come back a couple issues later. Hey, Sarah again. It'd be like, this is the cheapest theatrical stunt I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> ever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of movies. Yeah, okay, well. <laughs> um, yeah like, because it, it really just, without death, stakes are really kind of always going to be false, right? I mean, I think in early comics leading up to, you know, this, like 1986, like there wasn't a ton of death and dying. Like things would be, people usually be defeated or captured and escape again, and maybe die, um, but only like minor characters kind of things. I think that Gwen Stacy and the Green Goblin, that was like in the late 70s, and that right. was considered a real turning point. Yeah. And that stuck for it- quite a while, too. Yeah, DC, maybe Flash and Supergirl during Crisis. That stuck for quite a while, too. Um, I don't know. There's only so much you can do with the, you know, uh, publishing um, schedule or whatever. That you can yeah, bring it back anytime you want. You're the creator. You can whatever. Right. Without, like, even, like, the Marvel movie universe right they have death right and you know there's there's some hand waving kind of stuff you know and and some bringing back but their characters do kind of die and can that can be kind of permanent in the comics publishing universe where they just will never stop publishing batman and spider-man and fantastic four like they always want to keep bringing back these characters they can never really move on and and not do fantastic four you know like they'll just they keep coming back to it 
it is really limiting, you know, whereas self-contained new universe, like, you know, if all of DP7 got wiped out and we had a new group that they followed, you know, kind of like what Walking Dead TV series does kind of thing, like, all right, well, eventually, you know, we're following these new characters now. Like, yeah. that would be okay. Yeah, I mean, it would be an interesting way to do it. Um, and yeah, it's the like reverse of the issue of being, well, you've got all these new characters, people aren't attached to them already, so how are you going to sell them on it? Like, um, The flip side of that being, yeah, you can do anything to these characters, so you don't know what's coming next, and so don't yeah. get too comfortable. So maybe we're That's... getting a little cheap on that already in Spitfire and the Troubleshooters, because there's a lot of warnings in the, that letters page of like tr which troubleshooter is gonna die the troubleshooter's up for some changes yeah which felt I, a little cheap and eventy but <laughs> yeah are you doing this for sweeps week or uh, i just figured out their names <laughs> don't kill them true. yet it's true <laughs> uh well let's see with uh i mean there's more death and mayhem to come in, in all these titles, I'm sure. So, Oh, definitely. We will uh, get back to you with more on that. Uh, if we ever get a solid answer on like uh, how, how permanent death was intended to be in the new universe, I'll try to find that as well. It's going to do a little more researching in the uh, archives, but <laughs> we'll see the archives so shall we wrap it up let's do that uh, what do we got coming up all right so coming up we've so our next episode will be the beginning of season two. Oh my <laughs> gosh so we're gonna do some recapping and uh some follow-ups it'll be a good good place to start listening to us and a good place to remember all those interesting things that happened all those cliffhangers um, every jumping on point is also a jumping off point so. right <laughs> so yeah so the new universe had some several distinct phases of existence it seems so you know, we're in, moving out of phase one into phase two so maybe some title changes maybe some more creator changes <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll talk about all the things we liked and didn't like um and yeah, so then after that becomes comes Starbrand number seven. Starbrand must battle the ancient alien who gave him his incredible powers. A shocker. Ooh. And Spitfire and the Troubleshooters number seven. The Troubleshooters race to save the life of the British Prime Minister. Oh. And a whole lot of foreshadowing that someone's going to die in that one. <laughs> so not to be missed. Yeah, be here. Some troubleshooters gotta die. Yeah, and don't look it up on the internet just because it really did happen many years ago. The British okay. Prime Minister was uh, not killed. We've been reassured of that ahead of time. Yeah, so. I don't know that. That's what he said in the next issue. She's fine, but one of the troubleshooters, I don't know. <laughs> I don't care about the Prime Minister. I care about the troubleshooters. It's an alternative world. No, this is true. That's the white event. They get flagged. All right. So in the meantime, check the website, kickersinc.com. Do our contest, please. We need more contestants. And uh, we'll see you back at the Spinner Act next time. See you then.